I remember one time I was sleeping over at my cousin's house and we were talking about Palestine because we were going to go to a protest the next day. This was when I was around eight, but I still remember what my aunt had told me. As long as we teach our culture to our children, Palestine will stay alive. Welcome to episode two of my society project for Miss Mazzola's AP World History. In this episode, I will be interviewing my siblings. They're in their 20s, almost a decade between me and them. I'll be asking some of the same questions I did with my parents, along with some new ones. I'll be, I want to bring up their experience in school, especially because 9-11 was still a pretty fresh topic. Their family, me and my siblings I've grown up with, uh, is much different than the ones my parents have grown up with. I want these differences to be highlighted. I also want to uh, acknowledge what's being kept the same. Okay, Leith, this interview is for my history class. It's for my society project. I'm just going to ask you a few questions. Okay. What social issues do you care about? Global social issues. Um, I guess some issues that I would care about would be um, the oppression that a lot of uh, countries have been facing, specifically like the Palestinian territories in the West Bank and Gaza, um, as well as Yemen. Um, other social issues would probably be, as if I was to make it like a, a level system, like some other issues I'd worry about would probably be like racial tension occurring in um, multiple Western countries, actually including even non-Western countries as well. Um, also, the state of... Um, the policing system that is in place of a lot of countries, including America, um, that has um, some very uh, dark roots in itself and hasn't really seen much change in their system and should have an overhaul of some kind in order to be completely fair and equal of all people that they interact with because America is a special country. It's a country of so many different races and people and backgrounds that it's it can't be it, it just needs a brand a newer system than any other policing system can be across the rest of the world mm-hmm. uh so would you agree that like Pal- palestine like what's happening there that's like one the very impo- like one of the most important issues to you yes now why yeah. is that <laughs> well I'm glad you asked that, because if we're being completely honest, first of all, it is an issue that has been lasting for quite some time. This is not a new issue. It is an issue that has seen strong bias in favor towards the oppressors that are backed by the government of the United States, as well as their allies. It is a completely unjust an apartheidic issue and has similar um, tones to the issues that we saw in South Africa. However, despite South Africa facing solutions to a degree, Palestine has not seen that issue. And it's just, I understand the roots of this issue and I've heard of all the arguments, but despite that, and we can create or we can discuss the counter arguments to those initial ones about the justification of the situation. It's just not right. Additionally, 
on Palestinians. Yeah. So there is some bias to it as well. You've actually been personally, um, you've personally experienced it, huh? Tyler, you went to Palestine three times. You were stopped by Israeli soldiers. I've I've been to Palestine more than three times. I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm I'm saying you went to Palestine, but one time you got stopped by Israeli soldiers three times in one day. Recent visit, one visit to the capital, Jerusalem. There were, um... A week prior to that visit, there were some protests in regards of the Israeli soldiers storming the um, Muslim side of Jerusalem and trying to um, establish cameras and listening um, wires in um, some holy sites as well as other spots as well. And obviously, the Muslims in the area, the Palestinians, they just didn't that was just wasn't right so they went against it mm-hmm. fast forward a week me and my family go and um I'm yeah yeah um so well you want me to discuss I some wanna, detail about it because this is know, true yeah i want to know how in the moment how you felt like like I, like first time so the first time we got off the bus and we stepped in front of the wall. So we didn't actually go into Jerusalem. We were in Jerusalem, but we were in the city. So my parents and my two sisters, some of us included. Mama. Baba wasn't there yet. No, they, were, they went to go discuss at the ticket booth for a certain exhibit, right? Apparently that exhibit wasn't available that day because of the issues that were going on. And also it was a weekend. However, I was by myself. And I was admiring some of the changes and just the environment around me. I get a finger touching my right shoulder. Tap, tap, tap. I turn around. Barrel pointed to my chest. And they say to me, ID. And I said, all I have is my passport on me. So... I handed it to them. And I said this in English to them. So this gave them an indication that I, this, despite being Palestinian, was from America. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes you might get a bias from them into not giving you as much trouble as just Palestinians yeah. born in the country. But that wasn't the case for me. Two more guys walk up behind the guy. One of them's circling around me. One of them's got the gun pointed to me. The guy who had the gun pointed to me hands my passport to the other guy to check it out. They ask me some questions. Where I'm from. What's my visit. They notice that around my neck is a silver chain necklace that has a Palestinian flag on it. It actually has the shape of the country with the flag painted mm-hmm. on it in different um, gemstones. But regardless, my parents freaked out. <laughs> they... I- well, my dad was angry, and my mom was freaking out. And, well, they went to go talk to the soldiers at hand. They handed me back the passport, and we were on our way. But I want to know how you felt. like. How did I feel? Yeah, I being mean, confronted. Like, mama was, mama was freaking out. Mama was worried. Baba was angry. Were you scared? Were you angry? Were you... Um, Freaking out. Truth be told, I was nervous, but it shocked me. Like, it caught me off guard so much that 
I was kind of just in disbelief. There was really no emotion. I should have been angry and I've should have probably also been scared too, but I was just slightly nervous because I handed them my passport and like, I can't lose my passport <laughs> or else I can't travel. So like, yeah, I was just completely off guard. I was like, I, this is happening to me. So it's kind of different from you'd say if you were in America. Yeah, it would be completely different. Because of... Now you're a target. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, what do you do in response to this issue? Like, what, how do you... What do you do to help out, like, you know, mm. stuff like that? And what do you mean? But as, like, a citizen or Just a like higher level? Just, like, in general. Like, you know, the... We go to protests and stuff. We um, try and speak out about this. What do you do in response? You know? What you could do... There's a lot of things, just like you said. Protests, education... Not what you could do, what you do. Me specifically? Yes, you specifically. I'm well, you. the nice thing of having a job is you get a steady income. And so you have these moments where you can take your income part of it and donate it to uh, charities that are closely tied that have roots to the cause so you know it's not done by some strange third party mm -hmm. I mean obviously that doesn't raise every concern but you just have to put your trust in these kinds of things and mm -hmm. so me personally when I have the chance to especially during Ramadan where it's very um, what's the word I would use Everything was a kind stuff about giving. Yeah, it's like your urge to do it, you know? Yeah. Like, advertise to do it or whatever. I, I can't find the right word. Yeah. But um, you take a portion of your money and you give it to those in need. Now, mm -hmm. obviously, that's different from one of the five pillars where you're supposed to take 2.4% of your complete income of the year mm -hmm. and, have, and uh, pay towards those in need. In Ramadan, you would typically get about $20 per person of your family and send it directly to the source. So I went through a program that was to send um, meals to families in need in Palestine and Yemen too. So it wasn't just Palestine. But additionally, besides uh, donations, whenever I have the chance to write about an issue like this, I go ahead and do it. Mm -hmm. um, I've gotten my sources always from neutral scholarly sources online and I mean I've talked to the people my okay. family I've been through it myself so that's another way of kind of just spreading the word mm -hmm. now my personal thoughts protests and other things like that you can go and do that and they do send some messages but I've been to protests since uh, since I was like single digits age maybe like eight nine maybe seven um unfortunately you know the issue still occurs but i suppose you can't fix issues like this in just a decade i suppose it's gonna take <laughs> much longer and i'm not discouraging anybody from going from these things it's just that sometimes you get tired yeah and People, I mean, I'm pretty sure there are individuals who go to protests of other issues in America or other places can probably feel the same way when it has to deal with that. Yeah.
Okay. Um, what discrimination have you faced while growing up? And I'm saying that because, like, 2001. Pretty, pretty fresh, pretty recent. Uh, yeah. Um, let's see. Fifth grade was probably, well, fourth grade was the start of it from the teachers. And then fifth grade was the students. And middle school was full of it. And then it kind of died down by mid-high school. Discrimination I face is just, you know... The name calling, the ignorance, the mm -hmm. misinformation, the blind support to a cause you don't necessarily understand because you assume that you are the good guys mm -hmm. and the others who are not you are the bad guys. Now, I've gone to my own share of fights and tussles, screaming matches and fist fights. Now, obviously, I didn't get it as bad as, say, some of the other Muslims and Arabs that are a little older than me who were much closer to when it was happening when they were slightly older. And typically you saw these issues rise in like middle school and high school when it was happening. I was in elementary school, so mm -hmm. I luckily kind of avoided like the initial burst of it. But I didn't shy away from it. And the thing is, they only know once I introduce myself because I don't look like a stereotypical Arab. The nose. I got the nose, but most people assume me of a um, Hispanic Hispanic race. But that's just because, and so they would, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they would confront me with other um, hate-driven, or maybe it was they discriminated you wrong and they, for a wrong race. Yes. <laughs> but it still doesn't make it right. And then when I say who I actually am, and then they, well, they it's make, like, oh, they I'll get it right. Yeah, this they time. correct themselves. So there's that. Um, I will say it didn't get as bad as others. I've had cousins, mm -hmm. like there were hands who, um, they've been stabbed and jumped before things like this, or the teachers leaving them outside just because they didn't want to look at them. But yeah, I was lucky enough to avoid major issues like that. Unless you're not wearing a hijab. I'm also, yes, <laughs> I got that going for me. Um... When you were younger, how was Palestine portrayed in the media, and how has it changed over time? When I was younger, truth be told, everybody was focusing on Iraq and Afghanistan. So Palestine wasn't too focused. The only people who focused it were the people that had some skin in it. So either the people who are Palestinian mm -hmm. or other Arabs who are closely aligned to the Palestinian. They might not be Palestinian themselves, but where they're from, the countries that are surrounding Palestine. Mm -hmm. Or um, Jewish individuals or Israelis. And if you're Israeli, you're not necessarily Jewish. That's uh, kind of a misconception. Semitism is different from Zionism. Yes. And anyway. So that being said, um, those people kind of had the most attention towards Palestine and whenever an issue did occur, so let's say bombings, right? There was always, um, since Israel is the ally of America, there is always an American bias in the news to the Israelis. And say what you want about how Palestinians face their issues. They have a right to face the issues the way they can Defend because it themselves. is their home. Mm -hmm. That was trampled on and taken from them 
any other individual from any other part of the world when faced with this issue would do similar responses. Mm-hmm. We're not doing anything unique. And even though some of the heads that rebel aren't the most, I would say, trustworthy, <laughs> they still fight for a proper cause. Mm-hmm. Now, compared to now, since the Iraq and Afghanistan war have died down substantially. Um, There's more eyes towards other issues. And these issues include Palestine and Israel. And so, when was Obama elected? Was that his second term? I think it was 2012. That's when you started seeing more eyes in this issue when other um, events like bombings or Israeli um, colonizers uh, creating settlements and taking land from Palestinians, which is something that they continue to do and America backs them up despite the UN and saying that this is illegal and unallowed but you know the UN doesn't do much help when one of their members is America so one of their main members anyway I digress it has seen more eyes and there have been more protests with um, larger attention to -hmm. these issues that being said nothing much has changed yeah and I definitely say issues like this are just constantly happening over time. It's a consistency, you know. There was some... Especially just, like, not... The issue just not being talked about at all. Like, that's just how lots of global issues are. Um, or I mean, if you... Issues globally. There's, there's people, like, in our family that have noticed that, like, it's strange how... When a U.S. election occurs and one president has favor with Israel versus the other, an issue like this occurs and it kind of forces eyes on this issue Mm -hmm. and kind of shapes the viewpoint of how these elected officials will try to deal with this situation to attract more voters, which in turn shapes the way people view about this issue in general to begin with because even though they're not specifically looking at this issue it's being talked about by those that they want to vote for but when it's talked about it's not even like it's 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 not really one-sided it's like there's there's the candidate who openly supports Israel, and then there's the candidate who's the candidate doesn't talk about the issue wishes to appease everybody because they need those votes like, why can't, you know, it's been really said before, why can't uh, they support, you know, Palestine? Like, like why can't they su- uh, not support the oppressors? Like, well, be open because, about it. Again, there is misinformation that can even spread to those in the higher-ups that will say, but those who are oppressing are just defending themselves as well. They deserve a right to defend themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, they were the instigators to begin with, but, I mean, who looks back that far in history to see the origins of the issue. Instead, the current issue that is happening right now is also, not to go off on a tangent, but you can see that with other issues that rise as well, where nobody looks at the origins about how it rose and how it got to the place, the situation that we're in right now. But regardless, it's, it's just, just to get as most... Cycle. Yeah, it's just to get as many votes as you can without saying the wrong thing. It's a popularity contest at the end of the day. How does it feel to grow up so far away from Palestine? You know, to not grow up in Palestine, grow up in the States. Well. Kind of disconnected. 
Well, yes. The feeling is that you're disconnected from the culture. Now, Arabs aren't particularly portrayed, well, at all, in media, <laughs> but if they usually are, it's not in a very great light, and that includes Muslims as well. To top it all off, most Arab portrayals are with countries that people know, so what's a, what's a Palestine? I mean, nobody really knows that. You only know heard of that country probably because you looked at the um, news once, or you might have somebody who's related to the issue, maybe they're in the military or something. And they probably have friends on the other side who... uh, Well, anyway. Yeah. I digress again. Um, A major thing is, even though this isn't tied with the issue per se, um, it's hard to... I I mean, I didn't get to grow up learning my country, or uh, what's it called, about, like, aspects of the country, like National Bird Mm -hmm. or, like... Um, some what of is the most, I think it's the death, but <laughs> ironically, <laughs> the national tree. I have to say, and I think that was like the olive tree, oh, yeah, because you know we grow a lot of olives. And then like our national animal, I'm pretty sure it's a gazelle. I think so. Um, like yeah, I don't know too much about that. I don't even know like if how many states or provinces there were. All that we know about is like the cities, and then a majority of the cities were taken away and either renamed or just under Israeli control. It's it's considered Israel. Um, a big thing is, you know, knowing, like, say, our traditional garbs or our language. An important thing. It's, the thing about this is that Arabic is an incredibly difficult language. It's not like Spanish. It's not like French. It's if not like Italian. And you're not exposed to it. And when you're not exposed to it. And, you know, our parents have tried. And, you know, have your opinion. I know Mom and Baba tried as much as they could. And... Well, we're learning now. At least uh, make some form of um, compensation or atonement for the failed attempt at learning before yeah. when I was younger. So I can only speak for myself, but I had, um, we tried our best to learn our things, and you know, life gets in the way. I mean, trying to do your best in school here will build your future. Mm-hmm. It's just a shame that. We couldn't establish our natural yeah. self, I guess, who we are. I know that, um, especially because of like how like Palestine isn't betrayed in media, uh, like at almost at all, and even like parts of like parts of the Middle East that are betrayed. When I was younger, I didn't realize how like basically how beautiful Palestine was. All I really thought of when I thought of Palestine, because all I heard about it was like it's being bombed, it's the Middle East. And yeah, that's it. I was like deserts and ruined buildings. So then when I did visit for the first time and I got to see like the art, um some of the places just uh, like they like even like um in the West Bank, not even like in you know, the more developed areas. It was like, it was, uh, it's nice to see. Yeah, it's, the people, they just try their best to, um, do what they can to live a proper life despite their conditions. Mm. I mean, it doesn't help that even when visiting the West Bank, I visited there plenty of times in different summers throughout my life, and 
Um, it's true that, you know, you see the old architecture and it's wonderful and, but you can't help but also notice some of just the war-torn parts of it that are there. And so it's not too shocking to see people view it in such a way because if you go to different parts of the city, you will see some ugly sides. You will see holes in the walls, you see bullet holes, you see in collapsed buildings, vacant buildings, you see just mutts around, and I mean like just dogs with no owners and packs, wild packs you don't want to go out at night in specific areas if you don't want to get attacked by them. You see rubble on the ground, you see trash, if people protest, the Israelis get um, giant hoses and spray them with sewage and it smells like literal crap. So, I mean, the fight goes on in, in such a beautiful place that it starts to yeah. make it slightly ugly or maybe not even slightly ugly it starts to get uglier but you know we digress and we try to progress digress and progress um okay i remember the first time i went to Osteen, uh, i got a stomach ache because of the water yeah i mean i'm just used to our good pure water yeah. here in america um, so how does it feel not being able to visit, visit as often, you know, like this isn't, um, something we can like casually go to, you know, it takes well, a lot yeah, of preparing. It, and... it depends on like, say, Antofedia, for example, she tries to visit her own country at times and, and that's our aunt for those who don't know, but, um, Anto means aunt in Arabic yes. on your dad's side. Yes. And so she's been denied. No, mama has been denied too plenty of times as well because if you create a social media account that go that basically voices your opinion against what the Israelis do, they have grounds and means to essentially deem you a political threat of some kind and bar you from entering your own country because you can't enter Palestine. Palestine doesn't have airports. Israel has airports. You can only enter Palestine by going through Israel. So, they even have control on who can go in and who can go out. So, it really drives home the feeling that change doesn't come and people just don't care. Mm -hmm. Because if I can't even visit my own country, then, like my origins, the origins of my parents, my grandparents, you know, it's just not a good feeling. Mm -hmm. Okay, now I'm going to digress a bit. You know, we know that the issues, we talked about the issues going on in Palestine, and we know that issues affect the people and can affect your, um, kind of just your family. Now, what issues have you faced um, within an Arab family, like, you know, like, just kind of issues you seem are unique to Arab families, you know? I mean... And it could be an effect of war and oppression, you know, like, but I'm just saying what issues. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. So, with the Middle East, I guess it kind of has its own unique thing because there have been a lot of Issue. Let's like let's not beat around the bush. There's a lot of issues and problems within the Middle East. It's definitely not a perfect place. It has faced wars with outside countries. It has faced many civil wars. It has faced um, 
essentially betrayals between countries, right? Looking back at the Palestinian issue, some, the poorer countries support us, the countries that have also been hurt and affected by Israel, and then the much richer, well-off countries support America and also support Israel. And so when you want to go back to issues that, you know, are kind of unique to Arab families, people start to develop their own opinions on, well, maybe this country is right for supporting, this country is not right for supporting. And obviously, a big part of the form of your opinion, not completely, but a big part of it is like what country you're from, right? Despite being Arab, speaking the same language, even being the same faith, like, people will digress their opinions on what's right and what's not, right? So within our family, you can see that some people have their opinions on which countries are complete traitors and which countries, you know, did what they needed to do. Well, not, not specifically so you definitely, for ours, you definitely say that there's, like, conflict between, like, opinions of the... Of uh, issues. Of, that, like, issues in the Middle East. Yeah, and that's not even just issues pertaining with, like, an Arab country and a foreign country. Those are also a lot of things. And typically people um, agree with, the, um, have similar opinions at a variety of degrees, um, we'll say. But, like, usually it's, like, the same mm -hmm. middle ground of, like, they shouldn't do that, right? But then you kind of go into the complex issues that... Well, Arab countries have issues with one another a lot of the times. I mean, when I was mentioning much earlier in the interview about the issues happening in Yemen, that's mostly caused by another Arab country, Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. And Saudi Arabia being backed by America and uh, Israel, they have um, full power to do what they want with a smaller, weaker country, such as Yemen. And, you know, you might have some people, some Arab families who... Um, have favor and support for the uh, Western-aligned Arab countries that um, make their money and power off of dealing with America and Israel, um, oppressing the smaller countries that, you know, don't have as much power to fight against them, you know. And you, you could say, well, under the watchful eye of the UN or the rest of the world, you know, these countries are inclined not to do such things, but you see that that's, always, that's not always the case as Saudi Arabia mm -hmm. is oppressing Yemen bombing them, sending soldiers there. And you can even talk about certain policies and politics and issues within certain Arab countries or any or maybe all Arab countries and that people have different different variety of opinions and such. We can take say Libya or Egypt. Egypt having many civil wars and people thinking of, well, this political party had the right or maybe the army was right or you know, maybe this certain sect, the Brotherhood, might have been right. Or in Libya, where they had their own civil war. And, I mean, personally, I find that it was that, that uh, what's it called? That war that America had, the attacks on Libya, was unjustified and should have not happened. And it ended up making Libya a much worse country because a loss of power, you know, mm -hmm. and an unstructured government, and essentially the rise of very unsightly individuals and organizations. You can't avoid these things and yeah. people are going to have different issues. I mean, the thing is though, you will see that a lot of Arab families might have this general similar opinion of like how the world treats the Middle East, but like you will also see some different opinions as well because Arabs fight Arabs plenty of times, a mm -hmm. lot of times, you know? How about like issues like culturally like 
I know that there are some issues like being a girl, you know, in, in the family. Like, I've noticed, like, stuff. How about, like, maybe what issues do you face, like, being a man in an Arab family that you feel like aren't acknowledged enough? Mm. Like, yeah. expectations or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I get what you're saying. Um, well, my issues might not be the same as my sister's because I'm a guy and they're girls. Um, there are plenty of expectations. There is, like, since I'm also the oldest kid, mm-hmm. right? Um, I have the expectation of marrying as early as I can and um, form a family as soon as I can despite being in school, right? Um, personally, I always, you know, tell my family members that while I know some people do that, they start families and they begin married during school. So I want to properly establish myself first and I want to be able to know that as I can properly fund my own living expenses and, you know, support myself. Right. And then we can move on those steps. But the things that these things takes time and, you know, in our culture, it's that like, as soon as you're an adult, you know, you start these things early, make a big family, you know. Mm-hmm. big family tree and you continue it on um which would also be because they're killing us off yeah that's true there's so they also want kind of, more of us <laughs> yeah, there's also the stigma too anyway um that being said it's also like you know it, it's kind of the old stereotype of like what a guy should be and what a girl should yeah. be right and so um, you really can't avoid that. Like, say for myself, I have very long hair, and uh, my hair goes past my shoulders, and it's like, I particularly like it, but, you know, some people, well, I don't know. I feel like there's a good portion of people that have been kind of moved on that. It's kind of like, okay, it's kind of ridiculous, but, like, there's some people who are just like, you know, you should cut your hair and whatnot. And even though I am going to cut my hair, <laughs> because it's kind of annoying, um... That's not, I'm not doing it because of what they're saying. I'm doing it for because I'm me. So it's like a lack of understanding. Yeah, that too. Or it's just the it's just the day old age of it's always been like that. Mm-hmm. Continue to do it like that. It's always been like that. And I mean, things weren't as bad before, and now things are horrible now, and things are changing. And so maybe it's because of this, this, and this. And it's like, well, no, it's actually probably because of this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's that. Um, you know, there are some. I know there's some guys who, you know, don't want to start families. Yeah. Well, while that's not me per se, um, that is a kind of a stigma. It's like, you got to be the main breadwinner. You got to, you got to make as much money as you can that you have to send your kids to college. Because guess what? This is not the old country where you can be, you can make your life as a farmer or a rancher or maybe just a simple shop owner. No, you got to make, you got to make big bucks from a uh, job that will last you a long time and then you send your kids to college because your kids every if you have a kid and your kids have kids everybody's got to go to college and everybody's and you know that's not always like you don't always succeed by going to college i mean i got my bachelor's and i'm doing my master's you know so it's Mm -hmm. funny to say that for me but you know that there's that stigma of like you got to be an engineer a lawyer or a doctor right like there's like those are incredibly successful jobs that will see you employment for the end of human time and you know mm-hmm. it'll support you the things these things are tough and sometimes people don't have those interests you know like i myself had should i really had a lack of interest in these things you know over time i developed them because personally 
my interest is making money. So, um, whatever that way may be legally, I will do that. So, there is. Come on, like you also like robots. (laughs) Yeah, I do, but it's hard. Yeah, as you well know. Okay. Now, traditions. Are there any traditions you disagree with that you've kind of noticed and don't want to pass on to your family? The, like, you know, future family? Um... Or just even just, like, um, like... I mean, I know there was, like, like, we... Arabs have like a tradition of like you know when you when you act up you know there's like uh you get hit right yeah you don't want yeah but like honestly Lulu will say otherwise but like we barely we barely got it Mama and Baba were kind of the ones that stopped that and you know other aunts and uncles have stopped that though to be quite honest maybe they should start doing it again but (laughs) um not to veer off my point that there are ways of enforcing discipline that, you know, don't go too far, right? Yeah. So, um, I was the one that got hit the most. That being said, I, and, you know, even though I was a kid, I, I did some really dumb things when I was a kid. <laughs> and, you know, I was still a kid, so it's not right to yeah. hit them. But, you know, there are different ways. They barely happened, yeah. right? It was like a handful of times. I could count it on, like, a hand and a half, right? Like... The most of the punishment that they were moving towards is like groundings and like taking mm-hmm. away your the things that you have fun with, not being able to go outside. And so, um, I'll probably keep that new founding of like how to discipline your kids, though. Let's hope we don't <laughs> have to go too far, you know. Um, seeing how some of our cousins are, you know, like. Did you not Ahmed lost a hundred dollars last Aib? Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. Uh that like that that's kind of a that's like a big thing in tradition. And there's actually like oh, we're obviously not the only people that do that. There's like a lot of um yeah. different um, tra- um traditional background ethnic backgrounds that like, you know, like you hit your kids to like discipline them, right? But You don't like it and you don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just hope that everything goes well. <laughs> and, you know, it's not good to hit kids, all right? Yeah. At least with the belt or the stick or the sandal or the high heels. Um, the high heels. The high heels, yeah. That was... Uh, I almost got suspended. And <laughs> oh! I mean, I got suspended once. Yeah. And that actually, when I got suspended, that was when they stopped do- hitting, right? Mm. And, like... But, like, I was bawling my eyes out as I was walking <laughs> home from school. Yeah. <laughs> but like when I was in um what was it third grade, I think mom was pregnant with you. And that was she got only I think she only got angry once, like legit angry while she had while she was pregnant with you. And that was because like I vandalized me and my friend vandalized like a couple of desks and it was bad. And like I almost got suspended. I just got like a bad note from my teacher and from the office, but like I don't know, maybe pregnancy hormones act up, she threw her high <laughs> But look, like, I, I, look, you don't need to veer off conversation here. Yeah. Um, reasonable punishment. Yes. That means something. There we go, yeah, yeah. Okay. 
there's probably other things off the top uh, that I can't think of off the top of my head, but mm-hmm. that one stood out to me uh, initially. Now, any traditions you find important to hold up, to uphold? Um, probably knowing your own mother tongue. Um, oh, I wouldn't yeah. even say that's a tradition. I just see it as like a common thing, but like, you know, I kind of envy individuals who live here who, you know, like, like Hispanic individuals who live uh, from Mexico, oh God, yeah. they live right next to home. And like so many businesses here are like incorporate Spanish. It's like, mm-hmm. it's pretty easy. And it's also similar to the language that you speak currently in America. Latin origins. Or yeah, Latin oriented languages. Even though I think English is Germanic, but whatever. They're, they're similar enough, yeah. right? They come from the same, like, they come from Europe. So Arabic's incredibly difficult as a Semitic language. And like, it might not be as hard as Chinese, but it's it's a, like probably the second hardest language in the world. And gotta really drive home. Know your Arabic, mm-hmm. like, because it's rough learning Arabic yeah. when you're in a when you're an adult. Essentially, it's yeah. So, uh, how do you feel about praying about Islam? Have you ever felt like maybe when you were younger? Have you ever felt pressured um into like like about your religion like into following your religion um me personally i never felt pressured like um mama and baba were like you know ramadan happens and i think i was in like fourth grade like you can start fasting like half days around the weekend so i was like okay and then i think i did half days and then in fifth grade i started doing full days and I wrote notes for PE, and I got out of PE um, during Ramadan, so it was whatever. And, you know, I continued on. And then when I was in, like, seventh grade, you know, I started praying five times a day. And, you know, I loved it. And it's a form of praying is a form of meditation to connect yourself to, like, Allah, right? So um, even though that might not always be the case, it's just, like, your day might be busy, but, you know, even if, even if you're, like, having fun or whatever, you should take a time to just, like, you know, chill out, keep yourself in a calm, meditative state, and, you know, it's it's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, I never felt pressured personally. Um, like, it's not like they, it's not like we started off super early. You're not expected to start off yeah. early. And you're also, you know, eventually you, you might stay, you might start seeing like there wasn't this wasn't with me but probably for others that you know your parents will start to say hey, you know you should start doing this and this is you, you've gone to this age and you know you haven't really been doing much it's like your faith you know it's your culture mm-hmm. like you like the thing is like the culture and the faith are two different things but like they also like the culture gets sometimes affected by the faith and yeah. vice versa too and even though that might not always be a positive thing but regardless um you know, I found it as just like a nice, a nice state for me. You know, yeah. people have their different opinions, but for me personally, it, I always find it, I found it a comforting thing. It's, it's like who I am, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I don't. Hey, look at that. Yeah, that's just an alarm, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so there is leeway. Obviously, it depends on the parents too, you know, like mom, blah, 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 pressured. I know there are some who are uh, more intense, but that goes with anything. It doesn't even have to be to do with faith. There are some people who are like scholars, parents who are scholars who just drill it into their kids to a point where like the kids just don't even want to study or do anything like that or sports or certain activity that the parents really like, like maybe cars or something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, th- that just goes like you can't be overbearing with any type of thing like and expect it to come out well i mean unless the kid actually had some kind of mm-hmm. um attraction to it um i don't think it's about it okay. there's probably more to say but you know i can't remember it all then last question what is something you feel older people in our family don't understand about the world right now I'm hungry. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, my mouth is dry. Um, <laughs> there's, I mean, there's plenty of things you can uh, know. Um, the thing is that something I notice a lot of older people in our family, um, we can go back to, like, say, issues in the Middle East, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they grew up closer to it, and they've just they've always heard the news and like the things about what's happening. And so some of them can be quite extreme in their viewpoints on how the Middle East should deal with like other Middle Eastern countries or deal with like um, outside forces that negatively affect the Middle East. Um, But there's maybe I won't say lack of education. It's just very emotional. And the thing mm-hmm. is that like a lot of it comes to like a lot of maybe negative emotions towards bad situations that they just can't seem to, you know, kind of. And the kind of the thing that I'm getting at is like, you know, there is an issue in the Middle East between Sunni Muslims and Shia Muslims, right? Shia Muslims are more towards the eastern side of the Middle East, um, like um, parts of Iraq and Iran. And even though we kind of have similar enemies, they they can't seem to like grasp the idea of like a complete unification like me and my some of my cousins like me and Khalid right we dream then Hassan like we dream of like a you like a Middle East that's like a US that's essentially like mm-hmm. that's the country and then each country that you know now is a state right but like there's so many outside forces that affect it and so like it's almost a it's a it's, it's a, a dream. dream it's a dream yeah it will never happen truth be told but you know, some people like our aunts and uncles on both sides, they just they can't even they don't even want to deal with the unity because, you know, countries have just they feel they, betrayed. They feel betrayed, they haven't supported one or they favored others over, you know, their own people and it's just yeah, I mean hell, even governments treat their own people within that same country poorly and like and they get backed by uh, outside forces. So And doesn't it kinda fall to that like you hate the governments, but you should unify with the people. Yeah, you could say... Because here's the thing, like, when I was younger, there was always... There's a thing called Arab Spring. I don't know if you know what Arab Spring is, but Arab Spring is basically... It's that time of the year where civil wars break out in the Middle East, oh. fighting against some form of government. Egypt had that. Um, I don't think the Khalijis had it, but um, that hit a lot of Egypt and maybe North African... And we consider North African, even though they're African, yeah. they're still part of the Middle East, kind of. Um, you know, and also like kind of North 
east of Africa as well because they're even though they're um, not uh, Arab countries, they're Muslim countries and they have close ties to other Arab countries, whether they be positive or negative. Um, that just you know, there's civil wars, and then there's also the rises of terrorists. Like I can't forget, I almost forgot, but like there's rises of different organizations that are extremist terrorist uh -huh. organizations or just complete extremists of a political um ideal that they just they're always fighting with one another but mostly fighting against other countries and then like countries and then these countries governments become like extreme themselves but they're an established government that fight against the bad terrorist organizations yeah. and then you know then you start to look deeper into it and you see that some of these organizations or these governments are backed by foreign countries with their own ideal interests, cough, cough, America or Israel and England or Britain. And so... Yeah, man, solidarity with Ireland. They're not part of... Or well, that's the UK something. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. Ireland, they're cool. <laughs> they're cool. But yeah. But yeah, so... A lot of emotions. A lot of emotions. People, like... Yeah. Like... Uh, uh, I, I understand where they're coming from, but they're just so... Just... Close-minded with their emotions. Like, they're sensitive about the issue. Yeah. Because it's like... They dealt with it more than us. Like, they were in the country, and they dealt with the BS. Mm -hmm. So... You know... These things, they happen, unfortunately. Well, that's all the questions I had for you. Thank you for participating. Thank you for having me a part of this interview. Yes. Well, I hope some people have learned something new today. Yes. I learned that you vandalized in the third grade. Why would you? <laughs> okay, bye. Hi, Lulu. You are my sister. Yeah. I am interviewing you for my history project or my society project in my history class. Mm -hmm. My teacher will be listening to this recording. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, what global so social issues do you care about? Um, first and foremost, that would definitely be Palestine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess I just, I care about a lot of different issues. Yeah. I think if there's anything that I hear about that sounds like an injustice, I put some energy towards caring about it, but, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you'd say Palestine's like one of the most important to you. Yeah, for sure. And you'd say that why? <laughs> because, um, well, firstly, because <laughs> it's a huge injustice and incredible one that has been going on for way too long, but also because I am Palestinian. Yeah. And I think that's uh, how it was brought to my attention. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... What do you do in response? You know, how do you help where you can? Um, yeah, so I guess I just go to, I go to protests. I always spread information when I can on social media. I've donated before. Um, yeah, uh, I try not to uh, buy things from um, people who don't hold similar views. I, um... 
it can be hard to avoid that, but if a company is, like, supportive of values that I really disagree with, then I won't, um, buy from them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like something that feels really impactful is probably the protests, because, um, you know, it's really right in your face, like, yeah. the whole, the nature of the conflict, so. Um, what discrimination have you faced while growing up? I asked that because during school, you know, it's still kind of close to 2001. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely just a lot of racism, like a lot of uh, terrorist comments, a lot of comments about bombs. So not cool. But yeah, um, yeah it happened a lot. Uh I, I wouldn't say, like, I got used to it, but I came to expect it from a lot of people, definitely mostly white people, but it wasn't just white people. Mm-hmm. I think it was definitely, um, especially after 9-11, there were prejudices that uh, everybody just really learned and, and picked up on, I think. Um, so, yeah, all throughout life. And I think one of the hardest things is when people don't understand uh, the conflict, they speak really confidently, and so you just kind of have to, like, it's hard to convince people that, like, the, that they're wrong, yeah. basically, you know, like, it's, um, when what it they comes know from their, yeah, yeah, when it comes from, like, their, their parents or just the adults in their life, um, it's really hard to convince anyone that they, that they're wrong. Um, how would you say that discrimination affected you when you were younger? Um, emotionally, I guess it was really, um, depressing, hard to deal with. Um, I think it, uh, because of the way people treated me, it made it harder for me to approach others. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think to this day it has an impact, um, hesitation when doing certain things or talking to certain people. Um, which sucks because I obviously, I don't also want to have, like, prejudices against people, but I probably am going to be more cautious if, like, you're, um, if you're white, I might, you know, hesitate just a little bit more than I would with other people to become close with you, which is not something that, like, is fun for me, so, but, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just, so it affects, like, everything, my relationships with people and how I interact with everyone, like, just on a day-to-day basis. Has it affected your relationship with your culture? Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, for a while, I, um, I, I wouldn't say I thought American culture was better, but I thought if I was more American, then that would be more convenient for me. It would make my life easier. So there were, there were moments where I would, um, sort of, uh, ignore my own culture and try and embrace American culture a lot and I don't think they conflict so I don't really think you have to go through that struggle if you really you know calm down and think it through mm-hmm. but at the time I thought it was one or the other so um, yeah but now I think in the end though I would say my connection to my culture is um, like stronger because I've just become so, like, attached to it and protective of it, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, when you were younger, how is Palestine portrayed in the media, and how has it changed over time? 
Um, I would say, honestly, it was mostly not portrayed at all. But when it was, um, yeah, I mean, we were definitely just, like, terrorists. And I think the main thing was, like, uh, most people just didn't know and they didn't understand, like, the first thing about the whole conflict. So, um, I would say the portrayal was overall really bad. Um, it, it ranged from indifferent to bad, basically. Mm -hmm. And how do you think it changed over time, like, currently? Um, yeah, so, uh, currently it's definitely still really bad, but I, I, like, it's definitely getting better. Um, which is nice to see, and I think that's because with social media, like, you're not so forced to, uh, consume what's on the news, no matter how true that might be, who it's being influenced by, um, I think it's silly, like, not to acknowledge that news is not, like, it's not unbiased, it's, it's totally biased, so I think with social media, you can sort of avoid certain biases, of course, there are others you have to deal with, but, like, you get more of a first-hand look at things. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how does it feel to grow up so far away from Palestine? Um, I mean, I think it, it sucks, because you kind of know, like, uh, that was a place I could have grown up in and, like, really had, um, probably, like, I mean, now I feel like my sense of identity is fine, but growing up, it was definitely, like, not so strong because I wasn't, I was sort of conflicted between two cultures. Um, and so I think, like, to, if I had grown up, like, in Palestine, for instance, I, I wouldn't have had, like, that identity crisis yeah. when I was younger. Um, and I think it would just be nice to not to not be part of a group of people who's being discriminated against and murdered indiscriminately and like you know I think that not having that stress constantly in the back of your mind I mean no matter what I'm doing at least once a day I think like how are Palestinians being hurt mm -hmm. um in Palestine and so like just not having that um I think would have been nice ideally if like nothing had happened yeah. what would be growing up there be like if it was still the same situation honestly I don't know if I had grown up there while like while all this conflict was going on I mean kids there have a lot of mental health issues from like stress and anxiety and depression and stuff so um because they're living in like a war zone in an open-air prison so I'm sure that would have been difficult, but in an ideal world where, like, nothing bad was happening, I think it would have been really nice. But I also, like, I don't dislike living in America, really. I I do, I do, like, I'm fine with living here, too, so um, I just wish it wasn't, like, a forced yeah. diaspora. I wish it was just, like, if it could have been, like, normal immigration, that would have been fine with me. Um... How does it feel not being able to visit so often, seeing as how, like, to go to Palestine, you have to go through so much, and so, you know, it's not something, it's not a place where we get to, you know, it's not a vacation spot that we visit commonly? Yeah, um, I mean, it's upsetting. It'd be nice to be able to visit more often. We have family and friends there, um, and it feels, like, upsetting to know that you can't really go there because of the circumstances, um. Yeah, I think it's unfair. I mean, there aren't a lot of people, I feel like, who go through the same experience of, like, 
if they were to go back to a country that has like all their like ethnic roots they, they would not really feel welcome there i think that's um i mean obviously we're not the only yeah. people who've gone through that but it's you know it's um it's something that i think a lot of people don't realize how uh just upsetting that can be internally mm-hmm. um so uh what issues have you faced within an arab family you know uh yeah i mean there's there's like generational differences um that are really that can become really um prominent sometimes um and i think that's normal i don't think that's unique to our culture but Mm -hmm. it's definitely something that you know not just with me but with other um arab american kids my or well growing up kids my age but also just young adults um it's uh you know it's it's an issue people face um there's like a little more resistance to certain aspects of american culture among older generations so it can be hard to uh, find a balance in that way because we grew up here this is all we know it's what we're used to um i think it's normal for us to be the way we are and i think it's normal for older generations to be the way they are so it's not really surprising. I don't feel like especially bad about it. It's, it's pretty <laughs> typical. So, um, but I would say, yeah, that's like just one thing is like, you know, like what's done is done. I've lived here my whole life. I'm used to seeing certain things a certain way. And, you know, it's just going to be a difference we're going to have to live with. Mm-hmm. You know, just because we <laughs> fight about it every time it comes up doesn't mean anyone's opinion is going to change yeah um are there any traditions you disagree with um yeah i think culturally there are just certain ways that girls are treated that um i mean you know i think it's a case-by-case basis in a lot of ways some people some just individuals are really sexist and they're always going to treat women poorly no matter what and then some people aren't like that and they value women more. So I don't want to say like it's unique to Arab culture. Mm-hmm. I know it's not. Um, but there are just certainly aspects of our culture that like, you know, women aren't always valued as highly. And I think um, that's something that's really frustrating. I think there's a lot of like shaming women for behaving or dressing certain ways that I really disagree with so you know that's one thing um yeah I think there are just some some social issues that um there there are different stances on that I see as like certain issues within the culture but um I feel like like a lot of groups it's it's not it's getting better slowly (laughs) very slowly but you know it is gradually getting better um okay any traditions you find important to uphold um yeah i think pretty much i mean most things the language the way we are like sort of characteristic way we dress um food um you know there's just certain traditions like uh that have to do with like the core identity identity which is yeah like the the aesthetics of everything um 
I like that our cult in Arab and Palestinian culture we're pretty clean. I like that <laughs> cleanliness. Um, I don't know. As far as specific traditions go, I don't know. I just I like all our wedding traditions. Our um, yeah, I don't know. There's not a lot that I can think of that I would say like specific couldn't. ones, but yeah. Um. So you kind of already touched on this. But what issues do you face, do you commonly face as a woman within an Arab family, like kind of day-to-day life, or even like when we visit the Middle East, you know? Yeah, um, (laughs) dudes are just not quite as respectful as they could be, I guess. Um, Again, I don't really feel like this is unique. Like, I've been around non-Palestinians who, there are people who also have these issues, but... There is certain, like, a unique cultural flavor to it (laughs) um, when it comes from Palestinians. But, like, yeah, um, just uh, certain roles women have to take on can be frustrating. Um, Yeah. Uh, There's also, um, I think, certain benefits, though. So, like, in some ways, I think... I like the way Palestinian culture sort of views women as opposed to Western culture. Mm-hmm. So it's not like 100% negatives. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's not easy. It's definitely yeah. not easy. Like we, we go through it. Men are <laughs> not great. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, you know, I don't want to discount it. But yeah, it's... Um, I also just don't feel like it's, like, so unique to a culture specifically that I don't know, like, you know, it's there and it sucks. And um, it should change, obviously, but, you know, Mm -hmm. we'll get there. Okay, so um, you have lighter skin. Mm -hmm. Got that from Baba. Yeah. Who got it from Crusaders. Um, okay. <laughs> have you noticed a difference in the way you have been treated from the rest of your family, at least in public? Um, I'll be completely honest, not really, but that's just because I feel like none of our family, like, even though, like, like, mama, for instance, is tan, I wouldn't say any of our family is, like, especially brown Mm. like especially different looking from each other you know when we're together we kind of all have a similar vibe so but i don't know maybe i'm saying that because i don't like see it because i have lighter skin but i just um Mm -hmm. uh, yeah i don't know i just don't think the difference is big enough to matter there exactly at least within our family i definitely say the more uh, differences in, like, the way we're treated is, like, you know, me and you, we don't wear hijabs. A lot of our family, at least, like, on Baba's side, they wear hijabs, and I can definitely see people look at them differently. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, that's true. And, um, I think also the men are, um, treated def- differently just because I think Arab men are generally kind of seen as, like just more hostile inherently yeah. like no matter what their skin tone is so um okay so this one's about religion how do you feel about praying about your religion and have you ever felt like pressured um by your family because of it or like 
pressured into believing or just anything, you know, associated with it because of your family. Okay. Um, as far as religion goes, yeah, there's pressure, um, with our family. It's just sort of like a general concern, <laughs> like, a sort of like, no, you should be more religious, like, for your own good, but it's never been, like, um, never to the point of where I feel like, like, I'm being, like, really harassed or anything because I'm not very religious. Mm -hmm. Um, prob I'm, I would probably say I'm the least religious person in our family. Um, outside of, like, one or two people, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I am, I am Muslim. I consider myself Muslim. I'm just not, like, um, I don't know. Sometimes I just feel like it's, like, a lot of business going on. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. It's not really, like, uh, there's no negative feelings at all. I'm just kind of, like, I'll figure things out eventually. Yeah. It's more of, like, a spiritual mindset and not really anything about, like, liking or disliking certain aspects of things. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's hard to describe. It's just kind of, like, a... Like, I just feel like I'm really chill about it. I'm not too worried about it or concerned with it. Um, so, yeah, but I, there's definitely, like, for sure, I can't imagine, like, if I were to try and reject the religion completely, like, that's, I don't think that would go down very peacefully at all. Like, it's definitely important to our family. And I think that's, like, not uncommon. I think, like, a lot of parents um, want to raise their kids um, with a certain religion and will get really upset if that kid doesn't want to be with that religion because mm -hmm. that's sort of like a key to your spiritual well-being in the eyes of your parents so and they just want what's best for you which is why they don't want you to like ruin your spiritual well-being mm -hmm. so um I definitely think that would be like really rough to if I were to suddenly decide like I want to reject it completely. I don't want anything to do with it. Um, but that's not how I feel, so. Yeah. I don't know. So, this is the last question. Kind of already touched on it. Uh, what is something you feel older people in our family don't understand about the world right now? Um, I don't know. I'm not sure, like, I... I wouldn't say, like, don't understand. I just think because they were raised a certain way, they just, like, they're just things we don't, won't ever come to an agreement on. And so mm -hmm. I think it is, like, sort of, um, especially, like, if, if we're talking about Arab Americans, um, younger people are a little, are more progressive, more, uh, more westernized and stuff. And I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that. Um... I think it's important to keep, like, ties with your cultural roots and stuff, but, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with becoming, like, more American, really. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas our parents do see that as something that is, like, an issue, and they, like, they can't not see it as, like, a loss of culture, whereas I don't think it has to be. If you keep, you can keep cultural aspects alive while still assimilating more in American culture. I mean, we've seen that. So, um... 
but I think a lot of older people consider it like a loss of, of our culture so they don't really like agree with it they're always trying to keep things exactly the way they were as like when they left their own home countries so and I think it's silly too because like a lot of countries in the Middle East are also very slowly but surely making progress so you know, there's no reason for mm. our, like, older generation to not keep making that progress either. But I think because they're immigrants, there's, like, this um, hyper-concern for for trying to keep everything the same as it used to be. Um, because that, like, that would be seen as, like, a loss of our culture. And that's not something they want in, like, this, in a foreign country, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um or like what was to them when they came here a foreign country. So I think it's just though those things are really important whereas I think younger generations are sort of see like there's a balance to be found and um you can sort of just get used to the way things are here. You don't have to like be so worried about um you know imitating your life back in your in your home country. Mhm. Okay. Well, that's all I had for you. Thank you for being a part of my interview of my project. Thank you. Okay. My parents are continuously trying to keep their culture alive. One way they do this is by teaching it to me and my siblings. War causes culture to die, and I can tell my parents are desperate that we keep our culture alive. I barely know any Arabic. My siblings know a bit more than me, but none of us are fluent. I can tell how much that upsets my parents. If we don't speak, our, if we don't know how to speak our own language, how will those that come after us learn? When I am asked something in Arabic and I don't understand a thing said to me, not only can I tell that my parents feel disappointed, but I feel disappointed myself. At the beginning of this project, I was actually I actually wanted to avoid talking about my fluency in Arabic because I'm so ashamed of it. But at first, but a different part of me felt that it was more important to talk about. Because I don't know Arabic and I have a really hard time learning it, I resort to other methods to keep my culture alive. For instance, I do debka, which is a form of Arab dancing. I'm learning how to make Palestinian cuisine, and. I make sure to appreciate and take care of my thobes made in Palestine and gifted to me from my city. Thobes are a Palestinian dress with very intricate embroidery. I have many. I have some. I have some made by machines, but I also have some that are hand sewn, and I take very good care of them. I even brought one of my thobes to school, um, as uh, to show off because we were like, it was like a culture presentation um, happening in the quad. But yeah, uh, I've been given the opportunity to show off and share my culture with others. Other kids in Palestine don't have the privilege and safety to do the same. Israel targets them because they are the future. These kids can't even peacefully speak out about their oppression without being seen as a threat which is why I find it so important to speak out about their suffering. I have the privilege and right to protest and speak out about the injustice going on, and I'm going to abuse that. 